Welcome to the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We continue uh, our recording batch, but for this episode, we're going to introduce a subject that will uh, likely have a snowball effect into future episodes as we talk about this related subject, uh, tithing. More specifically, this conversation will address whether or not tithing is a New Testament duty. And these series of questions uh, are brought about by a listener. Uh, He knows who he is, uh, related to CBTS in some ways, uh, intimately related to CBTS, but he knows who he is as he sends these questions. Um, So with that introduction out of the way, I'll ask the question, is tithing a New Testament duty, brothers? Well, it is a debated point, isn't it? Uh, The word tithe uh, means tenth, and therefore normally it's the idea of giving 10%. Uh, Clearly, tithing was an Old Testament duty. There's much instruction about it. In fact, it's been suggested that the the, the tithe, it had three different tithes, uh, one of which was every so many years. So it really amounted about 23 and a third uh, uh, percent that would be given overall. The words found only in a, a couple of contexts in the New Testament. You've got it there in Hebrews 7, uh, Abraham giving a tenth to Melchizedek, and then, of course, references made to the Levites receiving tithes. Clearly, all that's in the Old Testament, though it is interesting that Abraham's giving of a tenth predated the what the law prescribed uh, there to Israel, and it was entirely voluntary on his part. Uh, the other connection in which we find this word used, uh, Matthew 23, 33, Luke 11, 42, you remember how our Lord uh, spoke of the fastidious tithing of the Pharisees, how even garden herbs, boy, they were going to make sure that they gave that. And of course, uh, in the meantime, they're neglecting the weightier matters of the law. And, and by the way, I, that to me uh, should help us keep things in perspective when we're going to debate the word tithe. Uh there are weightier matters of the law, so uh, let's keep those things in. But now our Lord did say in that connection that these you ought to have done. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that carefulness in, in giving a tenth, that's what he's referring to there. However, he was speaking of it as an Old Testament duty. We're talking about the, the, the Pharisees in particular. We're talking about Jews. So that doesn't necessarily prescribe tithing for all time. Well, rather than entering into the debate about about this word and what exact percentage and so forth, I, I think it's good to focus instead on that on which we all must agree, and that is simply this. There is such a thing as biblical giving. You know, what, whatever one mm-hmm. wants to call it, whatever percentage one wants to attach to it, uh, there is this duty of giving. We've got clear instruction about this. Uh, in the New Testament, you got Second Corinthians eight and nine. You got two chapters with this as their focus, uh, and, and of course, much is to be gleaned from those chapters. You've got that statement, like in Galatians six six, uh, which talks about giving, sharing with those who teach, uh, and that's followed in verse seven about God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And it goes on to speak of sowing to the flesh, sowing to the spirit. That seems directly related to materially giving uh, for the support of hearing 
the word declared and so forth. And then you've got instruction in 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18, or uh, much of 1 Corinthians 9, on the remuneration of those who preach, that the Lord has commanded those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel and so forth. Well, that money has to come from somewhere. Uh, and it's, I think, an assumption that God's people uh, will be involved in giving. Mm. There's one Old Testament text that speaks to this, and it would include tithing, but clearly the wording goes beyond that, and I think it's no less relevant now than it was in that day. It's Proverbs 3, 9, where Solomon says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Well, that doesn't just mean our revenue, our, our wages. He says, with your possessions, meaning everything you own, all that you already have, but he includes the word increase there, that which we would receive, especially from our labors, our endeavors. And the very use of that word first fruits, well, that would point to giving in a way commensurate with the increase. So setting apart to the Lord a portion consistent with one's revenue, with one's increase, call it what you will. And that especially, as Solomon there says, so as to honor the Lord with it. And though that's an Old Testament text, uh, well, this is as relevant as other instruction given in the book of Proverbs. I mean, Proverbs, in many ways, is a, a book on child rearing. And what it says about that is certainly relevant now. We're not going to say, oh, that's just law. Uh, or even there in Proverbs chapter 3 about do not despise uh, the discipline, the chastening of the Lord as a uh, father disciplines his children and the son in whom he delights, rather. Well, you remember, that's quoted over in Hebrews 12. Uh, this is to you, Christian. So obviously Proverbs, oh, that's that's the law. No, that's Proverbs. Or even what it says there in Proverbs 3 about uh, uh, the don't lean on your own understanding, trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart. Well, uh, who would argue that, no, no, that's just an Old Testament thing. Uh, all that instructions for now, and therefore what right do we have to say, but 3.9, honoring God with the first fruits of our increase, that's, that's not for now. That's this. Well, I'm sure that Solomon had in mind tithing. But again, whatever you want to call it, it points to honoring God, not only with our possessions, but with our wages, with our uh, increase, to use the word there in the New King James. Uh, mind you, even what he goes on to say, and your barns being filled with plenty, well, that has application now that we trust God to provide. We're seeking first his kingdom, his righteousness, even in what we do with our possessions and our wages, and trusting that all these things that we need will then be provided to us. We do find emphasis on proportionate giving mm -hmm. in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, uh, giving as he may prosper. That is, giving in a way consistent or commensurate with our increase. So whatever one does with the word tithe, uh, we must recognize, we must embrace the duty of biblical giving, uh, giving in a way proportionate to our income. And the only guideline we have in Scripture as to amount, well, is 10%. Yeah. And, and that's not only in the law, as I've already referred to Abraham's example, voluntarily he gave a tenth. Well, then you have later Jacob. And yep. saying, if God will bring me back here, and, and he mentions that number specifically, I, mm -hmm. I will give a tenth uh, to him. So uh, I would say this, that's the only guideline we have, 10%. Uh, 
And it's a good place to start. But notice where to start, because even in the Old Testament, you had tithes and offerings. Mm-hmm. And I think care must be taken here. You know, first of all, we don't want a legal mindset. Well, here's what I'm obligated. I have to give this much, whether I feel like it or not. Remember how Paul addressed something of that in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. You know, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. And then he adds, for God loves a cheerful giver. So not just because, well, we feel like we we have to. No, gladly, like Abraham, like Jacob, uh, giving gladly to God and, and confident, as Paul went on to say there in that Second Corinthians 9 passage, that God's able to make all grace abound toward us, always having all sufficiency, all things may have an abundance for every good work. Well, that would mean being equipped materially, but the whole context, Paul's talking about grace and God's grace at work in us, and this being a way that it shows itself. Well, mm-hmm. very right. Again, the aim, Proverbs 3, 9, is to honor God even with our all, mm-hmm. and, and to always keep in the forward thinking that God doesn't need our money. You know, poor God, if, he, if, he, if we don't give, how is he going to do anything? Well, he doesn't need our money. But rather, here is a way that he has given us to show our gratitude, to recognize his kind provision, to show his grace at work, to show our hearts of love toward him and his people. And and quite honestly, I think it could be argued that New Testament giving should be greater than the Old Testament tithe. More grace shown, grace is given. And when Paul is addressing the whole matter of giving, uh, to those in need in Second Corinthians, remember how he talks about, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor. You, uh, through his poverty, might be made rich. And, and he closes that section out by saying, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He, he's pointing to God's generosity uh, to us in Christ as an argument, as relevant to this whole matter of giving. And so, too, with that language, God loves a cheerful giver. Well, shouldn't that make us want to give cheerfully? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Therefore, we need to be aware of, of that legal mindset or the mindset that says, Lord, here's my tithe. Here's your 10%. And I'm not going to mess with that. But now here's my 90. And I don't want that mess with either. Mm-hmm. Right? No, it's all his. And we're to honor him with all our possessions and us with the first fruits of our increase, knowing that with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Well, uh, Brother Joe, I, I've gone on here. Uh, what what would you say? Brother, I would say that that was well said, and I, I don't think there's a whole lot that I can even try to add to that. Uh, um, I, I I confess, I, I do hold the view that tithing is a New Testament duty, just to answer the question of the that was given to us. Uh, I do confess that I do not hold that view as dogmatically as I am able to hold on to others. Uh, but I do believe that I, I believe myself that tithing is a perpetual duty. Uh, it was here before the law of Moses, as you pointed out, uh, with Abraham. Abraham perhaps passed it on to Isaac. And somewhere Jacob got the idea of giving a tenth to God. And of course, he was Abraham's grandson. So uh, I, I do find that it was practiced before Moses. And uh, it was um, practiced, of course, commended by our Lord Jesus Christ. He never abrogated it. Uh, I believe that every man is indebted to his creator. 
And this indebtedness extends to both his time, the Lord's day, and his possessions. And like I said, that was indicated even before uh, Moses. Uh, it's interesting, the uh, last book of the Old Testament, God talks about the serious crime of robbing him uh, with tithes and offerings. And then he challenges his people, his stingy people, to uh, bring all the tithes into the storehouse and see if I'll not pour out a blessing. Uh, that indicates to me how seriously God uh, takes the matter and, and did at least, especially in the Old Testament. So I don't find anywhere in the New Testament where this duty was abrogated by Christ and, and by his apostles. Jesus doesn't have a word to say about abrogating or taking away the duty. He did condemn the abuse of tithing or putting it in a place above the weightier matters. But then he said, as you pointed out, Lee, these ought you to have done. Um, and again, you've quoted 1 Corinthians 16 uh, and 22. I, I just want to say this because I, I, I don't think there's much I can add to what you said, brother. Uh, I am sympathetic with those who are financially struggling. Uh, and I've known people that, that uh, have just, you know, had, didn't have a penny to spare. Uh, but that being said, only in rare circumstances would I or could I recommend to a believer that they do not give at least a tenth of their income to God. I do see this as a spiritual matter, and it's a matter of how much, how much do you trust God? How much do you depend on him? Again, I don't want to be unfeeling or unsympathetic. But why don't you why don't you try the Lord? Why don't you put the Lord to the test? Isn't that what he said in Malachi? Prove me now. And brother, if you can give anything to God, hmm. then give to him. I don't want to sound like a prosperity gospel preacher. Hmm. I'm not telling you to send it to me, but give to the work of God and prove the Lord and see if the Lord will not bless you. And I've been through some hard financial times in my life, but never, never have I failed to give the Lord over a tenth. I don't, when I say never, I'm not going to say there never was a week or anything, but I'm saying consistently, I have trusted the Lord and given to the Lord. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not a rich man, <laughs> but God has always provided my needs. And, uh, uh, I'm thankful for that. So I, I, it's hard for me to say to somebody, well, you're not making too much. Maybe you just forego tithing. I would rather say, who knows what blessings God may have in store for you, brother, if you sacrifice. And we cannot forget the Lord there in the temple when the rich men were casting in their gifts into the treasury. And uh, here comes this poor widow and she gives two cents or whatever. And Jesus said, that's the kind of giving I like. Proportionate giving is great. Sacrificial giving is wonderful. And this woman, it's, it's not so much uh, how much you give, it's what you got after you give. And uh, this woman gave everything she had and Jesus commended her. 
everybody else, he says, they got, they got plenty of money to spare. That's why I'm a lot more impressed with a guy who makes 40,000 a year giving 10% than I am again, a guy who makes a hundred thousand a year giving 20% because the one who gives 20% has 80,000 to live on. And the one who gives 10% has 36,000 to live on. To me, that guy sacrificed more. And I do think hilarious giving, cheerful giving, sacrificial giving, you can't, you can't outgive God and God has the ability to bless his people. And that's why I encourage God's people to uh, give to him. And again, I'm not making any promises to anybody, but I'm saying the Lord knows how to take care of his own and, and uh, he will. So don't, don't be afraid that God's not going to provide for you. Um, that's what I would say on the issue. Lee, let me throw it back to you. Anything you disagree with? Uh, any Anything you need to clarify of what I said? No, no, I not disagree. I mean, and this is not even clarify, but I, I would say it does bring up uh, the whole issue of, of where if I have debts, that I, I've incurred debts, uh, and, and those are hanging out there, uh, it's not right to rob the people that we owe. Uh, you know, here's my power bill. Well, that's a debt I've incurred. I've already used that electricity. It's not right to say to the power company, but you know what? I'm putting God first. Um, wait, I, this is a debt I've incurred. And, and therefore, uh, Scripture does address the matter of paying our debts and really of, of not robbing and not mm -hmm. stealing. Uh, you know, so I, I think that, I don't know if I'd call that a point of clarification, but it can, it can cause real tension in the thinking, wait a minute, what if I really can't afford to uh, to do this? Well, I would say if you have debts to pay, don't be robbing people to give to God. God doesn't need your money. Uh, and Joe, I think your appeal to the widows uh, and, and her uh, mites that, that, you know, what can you do? You don't want to fall into, well, I can't do uh, 10% or whatever, and therefore I won't do anything. No, yeah. What can you do? Because again, the point is uh, to honor God with our possessions and also the first fruits of our increase in whatever way that we can. Yeah. I appreciate what you said, brother, because well, I, I think we need to realize that on a subject like this, um, we, we, we can lay down general principles uh, uh, like, like the book of Proverbs does. We can mm -hmm. lay down general principles and understand that there may be, as you pointed out, the, the debt situation. There may be times and occasions where someone may have to temporarily hmm. forego the tithe in order to meet another uh, absolute obligation. Yeah. So, so uh, I think we need to understand that and uh, uh, make allowances, hmm. not sin, but allowances for certain circumstances where perhaps it would um, there would be occasions where this might not be done temporarily. Yeah. I'll just say that you brought up a good example and I'm glad you brought it up. I have a lot of thoughts, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Austin. Go for it, Austin. Yeah. Well, we've got, we've got some uh, opportunities to, uh, 
talk about this subject in some episodes ahead. And I think uh, you guys have done a good job of transitioning us from this subject to what we'll be taking up in the next subject. I think Pastor Joe explicitly said in one of his uh, responses that he didn't want to sound like a prosperity teacher as he was talking about the duty to give and amen to that. This is a scriptural duty and what we'll talk about in the next episode, uh, how we could teach about this duty to give. So I think this is a good place to uh, bring this conversation to an end, unless you guys have any further thoughts. Nope. Okay. Well, let's wrap up this first conversation. Then we've been talking about tithing as a new Testament duty, and we've given some new Testament examples. Thank you for listening to this conversation. I would encourage you to listen to the next couple conversations because we'll be addressing um, the application of these principles that we brought out in this first episode. And if you have any questions, as always, please submit them to pastorsinbox at cbtseminary.org. We wish you grace and peace. God bless.